Well, I'm excited about tonight. <clears throat> I'm speaking. Um, we, um, Ashley texts me uh, Tuesday. I was trying to get ready for phase two, and I'm also facilitating phase two, and we're writing our own curriculum this year. Uh, don't hate those of you who had to go through phase two on the old book. Don't hate. But I'm sitting there waiting on God. I'm like, and it's, I think it was 4.30, 4 o'clock. I'm like, uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but that starts at 6.30, and I'm not hearing anything from you. And silence. I was like, I, I'll just sit here. And then I get a text, hey, who's speaking? And I'm like, uh, it's full. I don't know. Look on the calendar. Well, it's a music night. We don't have anybody designated. And Ashley goes, uh, I think we were talking. I'm like, well, I think it's me. I, I called Dr. Tara. Dr. Tara's like, can I take a rain check? I love your ministry, but I, I can't do it this week. And I ask Sean, you know, no, I don't have anything ready. And I'm like, I guess it's me. And Ashley goes, what are you going to talk about? I go, I don't know. She said, you want me to make something up for the email? I'm like, yeah, just do something. I'll figure it out. And then the Holy Spirit gave me not only the phase two night, but he's like, you've wanted to do something and you haven't known how to make it happen in the ministry. And he showed me exactly what we we're supposed to talk about tonight. <clears throat> so I was pretty excited. Uh, I felt like it was flying by the seat of my britches. Um, but that's norm for some of us. And a lot of times when you like control and you like to know that you have all your ducks in a row and you want to make sure that you're going to look super, super cool, many times will God will keep you in a position where you have to depend on him. And if anything of any substance happens, you know beyond the shadow of a doubt it was him. So that's tonight. Um, I feel like our ministry, three years ago in November of 2011, um, the Holy Spirit gave us some prophetic words that were really powerful and told us that we were getting ready to go to a brand new level. And right after that, our numbers dropped off. So Eric and I, <laughs> and Eric's like, eh, you know, Mr. Visionary, he sees the big picture. And I'm the practical guy. He's like, uh, I don't know if you noticed or not, but that word... <laughs> And so we're walking in here at, at the end of one of those nights and at the beginning, and I go, it's kind of a bummer. I mean, we get this powerful word, and then the numbers drop off. And Eric goes, eh, less dilution. And he just went on down the aisle. <laughs> and I was like, all righty then. But I have had such a sense, God's going to do something in Sacramento, and he's going to do it through the young adults. There's a group of us young adult pastors, and I'm the only guy my age. Everybody else is young, young adults. And, um, but there's a group of us who are starting to get together. There's a group in Roseville and, and Rockland that Eric and I drive up to meet that actually Sal and Eric started about three years ago. And then there's a group down here, and um, the guy who's kind of pulling it together called me, texted me, and said, hey, I'd like for you to work with us pulling this together. And I'm like, ah, this is a courtesy text. Because, you know, Eric's young, and he's the visionary, and he's such an infectious cheerleader. 
And I'm kind of the practical guy who goes, I don't know, have you thought about this? And then they all go, eh, like that. And so I ask Eric, I'm like, hey, did you get a text from this guy? And he goes, no. And I was like, oh, my goodness. I feel like God is doing something that's going to be really powerful. I also very much have had this sense for the last six weeks or eight weeks that God is getting ready to take us, ourselves, to a different place. And, um, and then right after I started getting that sense, I went through a real season of huge discouragement, and our numbers dropped. And then the Holy Spirit's like, yeah, remember what happened the last time your numbers dropped? And I was like, oh, okay. So I just wanted to make an announcement. There are a bunch of new leaders in our ministry, and I'm going to introduce them to you tonight. So I'm really excited about doing that. <clears throat> but before I do that, I'm going to... Uh, preach a little bit. So I want to read 1 Peter 4, 10, and 11. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. That sounds really awesome. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. So I have a question, and I want you to answer it out loud or raise your hands. What's your gift? It says each of you should use, so that means all of you have one. What is your gift? Oh, you don't know? Some of you might. Some of you might not. You can only use a gift to serve others to the level that you know what's your gift. And even when you find out what your gift is, like in the fivefold, are you apostolic? Are you a pastor, teacher, evangelist? What's the other one? Prophet? Which one of those are you? And once you even find that out, then you have to mature that gifting. So I want to talk to you a little bit about gifts because every one of you has one. This has a great ending, so don't get discouraged in the middle. Um, each of you has a gift. And I want to share the parable from Matthew 25, 14 through 30. It's where... The master has $5,000, $2,000, and $1,000. Gives it to each of his servants, and then he goes away. And he says, do something with it. Gives no direction whatsoever. And comes back, the one he gave $5,000 to, doubled it. He's like, you are awesome. And he said, from now on, be my partner. Good work. Job well done. The one he gave $2,000 to? doubled that. He goes, you're awesome. He goes, be my partner. From now on, you work with me. The one he gave a thousand to, this is what he said. Um, uh, Master, I know you have high standards and hate careless ways. That you demand the best and make no allowances for error. I was afraid I might disappoint you, so I found a good hiding place. And secured your money. Here's your thousand. 
safe and sound. Down to the last cent, all of it. The master was furious. This is the message Bible. That's a terrible way to live. It's criminal to live cautiously like that. If you knew I was after the best, why did you do less than the the least? The least you could have done would have been to invest the sum with bankers where at least I would have gotten a little interest. Take the thousand and give it to the one who risked the most. And I almost, like, I wasn't going to read this part because this sounds so harsh. He was like, and get rid of this play it safe who won't go out on a limb. Throw him out into inner dar- outer darkness. And I was like, oh, I don't want to say those words. So I actually put a line through that. And the Holy Spirit's like, really? You're going to misrepresent the character of God? And I was like, oh, maybe not. Because I think you hear a pretty consistent, by the way, I don't know if you noticed or not, but I have on my Superman t-shirt. Yeah, I told you where the telephone booth would be. I said I'd give you the clues to that tonight. So I just, I wore mine and I'm sure all of yours will appear supernaturally as I speak. So if it doesn't, it probably says something about you. I don't know. Um... Just kidding. If this is your first time here, please come back. Um, What I heard, though, is God actually takes your willingness to be courageous seriously. And for a lot of us, that is really frightening. When I read that part at the end, what the guy said, Doesn't that sound like people, do you know people who every time something goes wrong or they fail, they have this elaborate explanation for why they failed? Actually, though, if you really really understand my elaborate, many details, so boring, please shut up, explanation, they didn't really fail. It was somebody else, not them. I want to, if you're one of those people, and that's a little bit of how life works for you, I want to give you some courage tonight. So if we're going to talk about courage and going from cautious living and taking a risk, let's define courage. The dictionary definition is, one, the quality of mind or spirit that enables a person to face difficulty, danger, and pain without fear. It's bravery. Two, and this is an obsolete definition, but I love it. The heart as the source of emotion. I don't know how many of you have seen Braveheart. I love that movie. And I was thinking today, Braveheart actually is a little bit like our ministry. Because if you kind of look around... There are a lot of very diverse, unique individuals here. We have about every color. We have every type of person. We have every type of musical taste. And if you remember Braveheart, whenever they stood and they looked at the English army, the English army looked so precise 
so powerful, all lined up, and all of the people who were with Braveheart, with William Wallace, just a ragtag bunch of people with hoes and, you know, sticks, nothing that could really hurt anything that you could see. But whenever the horses thundered towards them, God had given them a strategy. And when the day was over, it wasn't the redcoats who were standing all in line. Because they were beaten. And I truly have a sense that God is going to do something through us. He's already done doing that. There's a powerful bunch of us who have been doing some of the things I want to encourage all of us to do tonight. And even if you've been around for a long time, you need to look at what are you doing and ask Holy Spirit to take you to a different level. Synonyms for, oh, the third definition was have the courage of one's convictions to act in accordance with one's beliefs, especially in spite of criticism. And I want to talk to you tonight about how to develop a backbone, how to become fearless, how to stand up how to stand out, and how to take responsibility. If you've made a mess, you clean it up. Nobody else can truly clean up your mess. But God can show you some powerful things about yourself that will make you fearless. Um, Synonyms are fearlessness, dauntlessness, intrepidity, 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 pluck, spirit, courage, bravery, valor, refer to qualities of spirit and conduct. Courage permits one to face extreme dangers and difficulties without fear. Bravery implies true courage with daring and an intrepid boldness, such as bravery in a battle. Valor implies heroic courage, valor in fighting for the right. And I would submit to you, it takes courage to live a life that has substance. You are all young adults, for the most part. And you want a life. When you're my age, I'm I'm 59. I turned 59 last last week. But whenever you are my age, you are going to want to be a man or a woman of valor and courage. And you can do that, but it is up to you. So let me give you a road path that some of us have been walking down for the last six or seven years. Let me ask you, and I'm, how do we move from living cautiously to living courageously? And I'm, I'm like looking to you for the answer. Brett, where are you? Come up here. And I'm looking for a short answer. I'm preaching. You're not. And I want your thoughts. How do you move from living cautiously to courageously? Just raise your hand and Brett will bring the microphone. You got to step out of your comfort zone. Yep. Put the box picture up while we're doing this. John? I know believing the truth versus knowing the truth for me. The Bible says to fear God, not man. So don't fear man. 
often for me, I have to put my own plan aside or any idea of what I think it's going to look like. Look around, find some people who live like you want to live and spend some time with them. Um, I would say following a thought of truth rather than um, submitting to feelings of fear. Yeah, I was going to say um, don't agree with your emotions, but agree with the truth. You have to speak up for the truth. All right. Thank you, guys. I want you to look underneath your chairs. If you're sitting on an end chair, only the end chairs, Look underneath your chair, take one, and pass it down your aisle. So if you're, if you're the last one at the end of an aisle, like you, Amber, go down to the last chair and pick up those. Yeah. Yep. So there's this. Look up at me. There's this underneath this chair. Take one and pass it that way. And at the other end of the row... Go get those handouts and pass them that way. So everybody should have two handouts. Eugene. Eugene. Grab the bottom. So guys, I have an announcement to make. There are no superheroes. There is a telephone booth and you're sitting in it. In the kingdom, there are only sons and daughters. There are no... There are no superheroes. We appreciate that, but actually, there are no superheroes. So, if it's a son or a daughter that's going to actually become a man or a woman of substance, we need to know who our daddy is. But before we do that, I want to introduce you to the leaders. Uh, I'm going to read you a verse, Deuteronomy 31.6. It was written during Moses' leadership transition to Joshua. So the leadership was shifting. So I want to introduce you to the leaders, the new leaders in Epic Life. So I want you to turn on either side and introduce yourself to the person next to you. Go ahead. Okay. And you're thinking, ah, that's the nicest, that's the cutest little sermon example I ever heard. I got news for you. That is no sermon example. 
because I hear people, and I've heard some feedback lately, and it's been really great to receive it. It's like, how do you actually become a leader in this ministry, and how do you get to know the end people, and how do you, I can tell you exactly how to do that. Become a man or woman of substance. Apply yourself to what I'm going to talk about tonight, and the fruit of your life will speak for itself. It doesn't matter. We don't care what color you are. We don't care what your shape is. We have every color and every shape, every type of personality in our Epic Life family. There's a place for anybody who means it. You listen to our testimonies. We're not, the, we're not the group that has it all together. We're the group that God is actually transforming. And we are becoming powerful sons and daughters. So I want to talk about this tonight. Deuteronomy 31.6, God said, whenever Joshua needed comfort, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. This is the first verse on your handout. In Hebrews, he says it again. So he said it in the Old Testament, says it in the New Testament. He was talking to them about how to live their lives, but he says, keep your lives free from love of money and be content with what you had because God has said, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What? can mere man do to me? You need to meditate on that. The reason I gave you this handout, because I know your generation is too cool for school. Don't give me anything in paper. I don't use paper. Eric Knopf himself, if I call him on our weekly meeting and tell him to bring me a pen, he's like, I'll bring you a chisel and a hammer. That's how he responds to me. But some of you little urchins, are ADD. So I am giving you something to help you keep track. You know, you're like, why does that, that chandelier is really pretty. I wonder why she wore that yellow shirt. His hair, I don't think he has, oh, he doesn't have any hair. Wait, I thought he had on a different shirt. I know you. I know you. I work with you. So this piece of paper is for you to help you focus We're also going to pray, and I want you to write this verse. Oh, if you don't have a pen, there's pens at the black table. So if you're near, if you don't have a pen, raise your hand. I don't care if you're going to use it or not. Get one. So I'm getting ready to ask, could everybody show me their pen? It's not that I don't trust you. I just don't trust you. Okay. Does everybody have a pen? You think I'm kidding. I'm getting ready to ask you. Okay. Okay, class. Could I see everybody's pen? Come on, get your hands up. Come on. Oh, some of you are speaking of attitude. God can heal you of that too. All right, thank you. Write this verse, John 14, 26. Write it at the top of your your piece of paper. Because you need to know what the word says. And you need to learn how to get revelation. Quiet times are nice. But if all you're doing is, I read my chapter for the day, check. I mean, that's cool, but all you're getting is reading your chapter for the day. If you're not getting revelation when you read your Bible, you need to grow up. 
you're an immature Christian. So, um, I didn't mean to offend you, sorry. It's kind of like coffee with me. Everybody goes, can we go to coffee? And Kelly Breton said one time, I told her, you know, this person really wants me to, actually wants to be my spiritual daughter. And she said, well, you should actually have them talk to some of us who've been with you for a while. They may not be ready for you. So, but this is kind of like coffee with me, okay? The Holy Spirit is a teacher. He'll, he's the one who will lead you into all truth. So when you start, realize you ain't going to get revelation by yourself. I don't care how smart you think you are. You may be the apologetics king. If that's all you got is apologetics, you have no power. And we want the power to see our lives transformed. And that is only going to come through the Holy Spirit. So we're going to pray. You don't have to shut your eyes. I most of the time do not shut my eyes when I'm praying. Holy Spirit, we just ask you tonight to give us revelation individually for ourselves that changes our understanding and gives us fearlessness and great courage. Amen. Awesome. So we're going to read this out of the Message Bible. Um, Kelly, sorry, I'm getting ready to pick on some of you. I want you to come up and read Romans 12, 1 through 2. Oh, no, no, no. Read it straight off this. Yeah. This one right here. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what He wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. Thank you. Okay, now take a look at that. What in that sticks out to you? Underline it. If you get a thought, write it in the margin. Because if you don't value what the Holy Spirit tells you, he's not going to tell you much. So what stuck out to you there? You're going to help me tonight. Because it's so important, you guys, if you don't learn to interact with Holy Spirit, you're never going to grow up. And honestly, your life's not going to work. You can be a card-punching Christian, you know, those kind. They come in every Sunday. Chunk, I'm here. Go sit down, stand up, sing your songs. You know, get all that stuff broken off of them by the pastor at the front. Go out, and I'll see you next week. 
your life is not going to work. That's not a believer. That's a church core, church form. So what did you get out of this first part? Anybody? And preferably people who haven't already talked. That God brings the best out of me. Okay. Um, the part, unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. Okay. Why did that stick out to you? Just because that's how I feel when I'm interacting with our culture is I always feel dragged down as in, instead of lifted up like God wants. What stuck out to me is um, God brings the best out of you, develops wealth for maturity in you. What that speaks to me is like I will be lacking nothing. So I marked two different spots. I hope that's okay. Um, don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into without even thinking. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Um, the reason that I say that is because that's kind of been me for the past six months. And then Pam. And what I got out of it was take a hold, well, this isn't scripture, but what I got out of it, um, take a hold of your careless actions and be intentional about your walk with the Lord. Yep. That's awesome. So just take it with you, keep it with you, and then I'll call you back up. One of the things that stuck out to me personally was fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. We work on our outside stuff. We come into church, we find out, oh, they're not supposed to cuss. Okay. I'll try not to do that at church or around church groups. And they don't, uh, we're not supposed to drink. Okay. Well. All right. So we start working on all the outside stuff. It doesn't mean squat. 